0: welcome back everybody to the blazer victory podcast episode number 67 this is john duncan and i have the pleasure to be joined by ethan bach who covers uh west virginia men's basketball for west virginia sports now ethan first of all how are you doing this evening and second of all just thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh talk some basketball with me this evening
1: i'm good john thank you for having me on good and uh
0: you know we were talking a little bit before we started re- recording you know I, things have been busy you know especially for you uh today with um you know early signing day and you getting to do all that fun stuff and also you know got a big basketball game to uh preview for this saturday down in birmingham
1: yep yep first true road game for the mountaineers
0: that's right and let's You know, um, well, first of all, Blazer fans, if you're not
1: following Ethan already,
0: definitely uh, give him a follow at Twitter uh, at EthanBock underscore. Does a fantastic job, as I mentioned earlier, just, you know, covering West Virginia for West Virginia Sports Now. um, But just definitely a must follow. And he was letting me know, you know, before we started recording that, um, you know, before the game on Saturday, he should have a piece out, you know, previewing this matchup with uh, UAB in West Virginia. Um, But before we get started, And getting into uh, previewing West Virginia, I just want our Blazer fans to know that this game is going to be 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time, a tip-off at the BJCC from the Legacy Arena. Uh, It will be televised on CBS Sports Network, but we certainly hope that uh, everybody in town, if you can, uh, make it down to Legacy Arena to help cheer on our Blazers. Um, Ethan, I I don't know if you know, uh, but UAB also has a big uh, bowl game (laughs) Uh, also this Saturday against BYU. So um, I do know a lot of Blazer fans uh, making the trip down to Shreveport for that game. But uh, if you are in town uh, like myself, definitely make it over to Legacy Arena this Saturday and uh, cheer on Andy Kennedy and the Blazers. Um, But, Ethan, let's let's just go ahead and talk about this West Virginia team. Um, They're coming in. Nine and one overall. Really, you know, the only loss was to a pretty good uh big East team, uh Mar- Marquette, who yeah. uh Blazer fans, you know, are aware of, um, an old uh conference USA opponent back in the day. But just off the top of your head, just overall, what is what is going on uh with you know West Virginia coming into this game? Because really I got to watch a couple games. I watched the whole Yukon game, watched a little bit of the Kent State game, but I guess just just tell Blazer fans a little bit about what happened in that Marquette game because it seems, you know, looking at the stat sheet that West Virginia was up by double digits at the half but somehow just kind of, you know, wasted away that lead and Marquette was able to uh, get the victory in that tournament.
1: Yeah, um, West Virginia was up by 12 at the half and then they came out, out of halftime, slow. What they started doing was they would have Two guards, Malik Curry and Kedrian Johnson. They would have them double uh, the ball handler for Marquette, which would just leave someone wide open in the corner. And Marquette mm. hit their shots. I think they shot, yeah, they shot forty six percent from three that game. So that's really why they lost. They had a terrible defensive second half. They allowed forty seven points in the second half, so that's oh. that's why they lost to Marquette. Well, and that was mostly, I'm assuming, just open three-point shots going oh wide, wide wide open like you could <laughs> you could you could wait three seconds they dribble it and then shoot it like they were getting wide open shots the entire second half
0: <laughs> well um unfortunately uh blazer fans are kind of familiar with that because uh, we tend to uh let our opponents especially in the first half uh look uh pretty perfect from the uh, three-point uh range um like i said especially in the first half but tighten things down mostly in the second half um but talk uh, looking at the stat sheet and just watching the you know the film that I have on West Virginia it it honestly just revolved this team really revolves around just two guards uh Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil and um you know I, I saw where even John uh John Rothstein uh tweeted out that in the last two games uh both of them have combined for eighty-five of the team's one hundred and nineteen points. I mean, my goodness. So it, it honestly just seems that this team lives and dies by those two guys. Is that is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, yeah. Fair assessment. No, there's no <laughs> it's really not that hard to game plan West Virginia this season so far on offense. Um, really one dimensional. Against they on Sunday they played Kent State. And at the half, they had one field goal that wasn't Sherman or McNeil. Wow. So those guys, I mean, it's almost every game. Tash Sherman, all of a sudden at the half, it's like 21 points. And he's finishing with like mid-20s almost every game. So, And McNeil, once McNeil gets hot from deep, then he racks up his points. So, yeah, they they really do rely on Sherman and McNeil too much. Yeah, and
0: it looks like yeah, right now uh, Sherman's averaging right around 22 points a game and McNeil uh, 13 points a game. Um, but I, I guess just looking overall, um, Ethan, what were the expectations for this Mountaineer squad coming into this season?
1: Honestly, I think the expectations were tournament team, just not a three seed from last year. because They lost Deuce McBride, Derek Culver to the – to pros and then they yeah. lost, they lost a couple of role players to the transfer portal, which I mean, a lot of people did, but they, yeah. had, they had, they added seven new players this year, uh, three grad transfers and four freshmen. So they were a totally new team this year. Sherman McNeil and Jalen Bridges and Gabo Saboyan were pretty much the only like true returning players to from last season that played a lot of minutes. So it expectations really weren't that high, but at the same time, like they're still expected to be a tournament team.
0: So, so honestly, it just seems like just make the tournament and just from there is just golden, whatever you can yeah, get. Yeah.
1: Whatever happens, happens. <laughs>
0: nice. Um, well, speaking of the portal um, and you talked about him earlier, uh, Malik Curry, you know, blazer fans should be familiar with this guy. You know, he, he came over from old dominion. Uh, UAB was able to face him a couple times last year. Um, And also the year before. um, And I mean, he averaged, I was right around like 13, 15 points uh, in in, in both contests uh, last year at Bartow Arena. And, you know, we were speaking right before, Ethan, and, you know, Conference USA's uh, schedule was really wonky uh, last year during the COVID season. Um, What they did is they played a Friday night game and then a Saturday afternoon. uh, But you played against the same team you know, Friday and Saturday. So it was really, really weird. Um, thank God they've gone back to, uh, Thursday and Saturday for this year. And also thank God for getting out of this conference. Um, but just really wonky. Um, but Malik Curry, I mean, he showed, you know, at ODU last year and even late in the season, um, he showed uh, flashes, which is, you know, honestly, probably what Bob Huggins saw in him and, um, you know, allowed him to come over to West Virginia. But ha- has Malik been able to kind of get in that rotation a good bit? I mean, I know, you know, we just talked about Sherman and McNeil, but has has Curry been able, to- been able to get in there some in the rotation at guard?
1: Yeah, he's been he's been coming off the bench, but he's he's usually finishing games like um, he's also been at times their third go-to guy like mm-hmm. one i think against uh, eastern kentucky had 16 points uh okay. against pitt he had 10 points like there's he's shown flashes of when mcneil and sherman not saying they're not scoring they're always scoring but when when there needs to be a third guy scoring Curry curry's one of those guys that steps up
0: right or maybe he's, when one of those two guys get in foul trouble or something he comes yeah yeah okay Nice. Well, speaking of foul trouble um, for Blazer fans, uh, you know, I, I think really the key to this ball game is uh, keeping uh, Trey Jemison and uh, KJ Buffin out of foul trouble. Um, those are the two bigs uh, for UAB. And I mean, if they can stay out of foul trouble and get a lot of minutes in this ball game against West Virginia, honestly, I, I think UAB can have a shot in this game to, uh, you know, get the win at the BJCC. Um, but if they get into early foul trouble, I mean it. It could be it could be a long, a long uh, night in Birmingham um, because uh, Josh LeBlanc uh, fell down very awkwardly in uh, the last game against Grambling. Now Andy Kennedy did say post game that it, it didn't seem to be as bad as they thought that he might be okay that he was walking around. Uh, so hopefully he'll be OK to uh, come in and play and maybe even Roger Gordon come in as well. Um, but really, you know, KJ Buffen, um, who was who was a transfer from Ole Miss and uh, Trey Jemison, um, you know, who played last year coming over from Clemson. those two bigs really need to have a, a really good night against West Virginia. But most importantly just stay out of foul trouble but uh, Ethan can you talk a little bit about the bigs for West Virginia um are are they rebounding well because you know when when you look at a Bob Huggins team uh typically uh year in and year out they're really good rebounders um is that is that accurate at least so far early in this 2021-2022 season or have they struggled a bit no
1: no they I'm just gonna be blunt with it they're a terrible rebounding team oh wow okay (laughs) um like so their starting centers Isaiah Cottrell. He he had an Achilles injury last season, so he's still kind of getting into the groove. He he's still that was his freshman year, so he's kinda of like still even trying to get over the freshman like hump. Mm. So he's like height wise, he's he's their only big man starting. But off the bench they have uh three bigs, Gabo Saboyan, Damon Kerrigan, and Paul Poly Polycap, who are at least at least trying to rebound. They're like they're the only three players on the team who will box somebody out and rebound. Jalen Bridges, he's a six-seven forward, and he leads our team with five rebounds a game. Like no one. Wow. This is not a good rebound. It's not a typical Bob Huggins rebounding team. They're yeah. They're, I mean, they they really do not rebound well this season.
0: And that that's really shocking to me because uh, you know typically you do see Huggins you know team really. You know, really good at rebounding. Um, but that's, well, that's definitely something UAB can try to take advantage of. You know, especially especially on the offensive glass. You know, uh, especially you know with KJ Buffin, he has been killing it lately on uh, getting those offensive rebounds and just trying to get second chance points uh, for uh you know for Jelly Walker and everybody. So hopefully that can be something that maybe UAB can possibly take advantage of, and, th- and that's so weird to say, you know, especially going against a power five opponent in West Virginia. Like, I, I, do you think that, you know, you mentioned the center, you know, got he injured himself uh, last year. Do you think maybe he's just, I don't know, just worried about re-injuring that knee or something? Yeah, or? That's,
1: that's been a problem with him all season. He's kind of been cautious. His play style is, like, stretch the floor, shoot threes. It's not, t- it's really, he's not a typical, like, Bob Huggins big, like, down low but he's still like a little cautious about contact which is understandable they're just they're slowly getting better at rebounding but like at the beginning of the season they're getting out rebounded by oakland Pitt. Mm. like they like their best rebounding game is against uh yukon and they still lost i think they still lost a rebounding battle in that game but that was their best rebounding effort in that game against UConn, I mean, wasn't
0: UConn without a couple of their starters in that ball game as well? Yeah,
1: they were without uh Tyrese Martin and uh, Dama uh, Sanogo. Mm.
0: Well, Blazer fans are definitely <laughs> liking what they hear about that, about hopefully, hopefully uh, rebounding West Virginia uh, this Saturday. If, if UAB can do that, you know, like I said, especially on the offensive glass. Um, then I definitely like UAB's chances uh, Saturday against West Virginia. Um, but I guess let's let's take a, a quick look at the schedule overall that West Virginia has played uh, coming into this game. You, you mentioned, I mean, technically it's a neutral site game, but I mean, let's let's be real; it's in Birmingham, so it's it's an away game uh, for West Virginia. Um, but can you talk a little bit about just the schedule that West Virginia has played coming? Have they played anybody really other than UConn or Marquette, or has it just been? kind of a cakewalk other than those two games
1: on paper on paper it looks like a cakewalk but credit like credit to them because they do have a lot of mid-majors that they've played that are top of their conference so they're not playing like like
0: oakland's pretty good yeah oakland
1: i think oakland beat oklahoma state like on the road like they're a good team and they and they west virginia barely beat them in the home opener Mm. um Bellarmine Bellarmine's always been a good D2 school. Now they're D1, but they've always been a they've always been a good D2 school. And uh Eastern Kentucky's good as well. Like they've they've played good mid-majors, but like Power 5 wise, yeah, not Yukon or Power 6 wise. Yukon and Clemson are their best wins. Pitt Pitt, you might as well put Pitt as like <laughs> Pitt's almost one of their worst like wins like in the net rankings. It's crazy.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. And Pitt used to be a really good uh, basketball team back in the day. Um, and, and, I, and I'm looking at the schedule too. It looks like y'all played, uh, or it looks like West Virginia played Clemson in that tournament with Marquette. Uh, yeah. so that's a, that's a good, uh, win. And after this, it looks like, uh, West Virginia just has Youngstown state, and then they go into a uh, big 12 play. So really, I guess this is the last, uh, big uh, test, uh, you know, especially for UAB before they head into, uh, I think they've got Mississippi Valley State before they head into a uh, conference USA play, but definitely, you know, for West Virginia as well, playing a tough UAB team on the road um, before they go into a uh, big 12 play. But uh, Ethan, real quick, what, what do you, I guess, foresee happening this Saturday? Do you, would it, would it shock you if, if you, you know, come Saturday night after the game, UAB beats West Virginia or, what do you see uh, happening this Saturday? Uh,
1: I don't want to sound negative. I, I just genuinely, well, negative for my people, my side of the, my side of the, uh, game here. I, I just don't see, there's nothing. I I haven't seen West Virginia play a true road game yet. So it's hard to tell how they're going to do on the road. Um, Mm -hmm. win or lose, win or lose though. This will be a really good test for them on the road. Like, like, people say, oh, they're at, why are they – like, West Virginia fans have been like, why are they playing at UAB? Like, it's still a really good true road game for them. Like, any road game is a really good – it's just a really good test for your team to grow. And I think win or lose, this will be a really good game for West Virginia to kind of grow and mature before they start Big 12 play. Um, they, they're they going to have to have a really good game to win – or to win the game. They, they need to shoot their free throws well. I don't know if you've seen, you saw the stat, but they are 353rd in the country in free throw shooting. Oh wow! So they hey, are, maybe that's
0: something UAB can do too. I mean, you know, we we play an aggressive defensive uh, style. I mean, maybe just go hack them and put them at the line. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You you were mentioning foul trouble earlier. Like, yeah, you you may ha- like UAB guys may be in foul trouble, but West Virginia has not taken advantage of making free throws this season. There's, they are like you'll look at their stats and you you'll you'll wonder how are they nine and one like yeah there's a lot of things wrong with this team and Huggins trust me Huggins has been way more negative than I've I've been <laughs> I think that I think this team has a lot of potential to be really good too that's I, there's it's going to take them a little bit to kind of grow and mature a little bit so it would it wouldn't shock me if UAB won at all
0: yeah well we're, we're definitely hoping on our side of things that that is the case and get a really good win heading into conference play and I mean you look at the Ken Palm rankings too right now I mean these two teams are so close I believe uh West Virginia is at 44 and Uavs at 45 just right behind them so just two really good uh teams and should be a really good game come Saturday afternoon at legacy arena um but and you were mentioning earlier too from the West Virginia side of their fans wondering well why in the world is you know, Huggins coming down to Birmingham to play, you know, home and home with, uh, UAB. And it just, it it does go back to that relationship that Andy Kennedy, you know, has with Bob Huggins, even, you know, Mm -hmm. going back to the, you know, Cincinnati days before Huggins left to, uh, did he go to Kansas state from Cincinnati? I think. Um, and then, you know, Kennedy was promoted, uh, to be the coach short after that. So definitely, you know, the relationship between those two guys, um, help this home and home happen and you know we'll be i think we go to morgantown next year if i'm
1: not mistaken yeah yep home and home
0: sweet so looking forward to that um but ethan it's been a pleasure man i just want to thank you so much again for coming on guys if you are not following ethan definitely give him a follow on twitter at ethan bach b-o-c-k underscore on twitter Um, as i mentioned earlier he does a great job uh, covering west virginia for west virginia sports now And guys, too, if you're, you know, if you we've heard some fan or I've seen some fans say that uh, that aren't able to make it to the bowl game Saturday, that they want to stay home and, you know, watch the bowl game and watch the basketball game at the same time. Please, if you can make it out to Legacy Arena uh, this Saturday, if you're just a casual fan, listening to this podcast and you want to see really good basketball. I encourage you to get to Legacy Arena for a very – should be a really fun game between these two schools. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Ethan, are you going to be able to make the trip, or, or do you know anybody making the trip down to Birmingham? No,
1: I'm not going to be able to make the trip. Um, I think maybe one or two people that I've heard of make maybe making the trip, but I'm not sure with all that's going on this week, so –
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it's been a pleasure again, Ethan, and um, hopefully, you know, we can get you on again next year when uh, we make the trip up to Morgantown.
1: Yeah, we'll have we'll definitely have to do that. I appreciate you having me on, John.
0: Of course. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, if you're not already, make sure you follow or subscribe to the Blazer Victory Podcast on a podcast platform and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/slash/blazerpod. But as always, guys, go Blazers!